Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 64 of the Cadaver Lab podcast. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, is Johnny. What's up, my man? What's up, ball biscuits? I don't, I don't know what that means. And I, let me ask I, you one thing real quick. Am I included in that? Um, we'll have to ask the uh, Pillsbury Doughboy. I'm going to go ahead and say that I am not, I am not a ball biscuit. <laughs> but I think people who are listening, I think they all are ball biscuits. I could see that. And that's okay with me. I'm cool with that. You know what? Um, actually, that's uh, uh, Johnny's actually going to kind of draw that up. He's going to draw a diagram of what an actual ball biscuit is. He's going to post it on the site. So look forward to that. <laughs> right? Oh, oh, isn't yeah. that what you told me? It's going to be a little lewd for the site. Oh, for, oh, for our site. Yeah, a little for lewd. For our site. Oh, right. Little, we're, we're high, bro. Wow, I wish you didn't say that. I don't even know what that means. Let me look that up real quick. Highbrow? <laughs> like, did you say eyebrow? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have eyebrows. We are mammals. Nice. <laughs> Dude, uh, today we're talking about black and white independent horror. Oh, man, right? I'm stoked. Kick I'm ass. stoked about this episode, man. More, I'm, I, you know what? I'm, let, me, let me tell you something, Johnny. I missed you, man. It's been a long time. It, 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 I mean, I've missed your love and embrace. It's been, it's been too long. You know, and it's like, and then of course every every time we try to get to record, something happens, and we, you know, and it's just it prolongs our love, you know, for one another, and I'm I'm just so glad to have you here. Oh, I'm I'm glad to be back. I, I could I could go on, but I'm not going to because I know that Shelly doesn't appreciate when I when I fawn over your body. Uh, I don't think she cares. <laughs> oh, whatever. She cares. She films it. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, so man, what's been going on? Ah, oh, dude, nothing, man. Same old. Uh, went and saw the Let Me In. How was the, it? The, uh, you know, honestly, I'm a big fan of the original, and I didn't think it was better, but I think it gave the original a run for its money. Really? What? Oh, what if somebody yeah. who didn't who didn't like the original because it made them feel uncomfortable? Oh, I think it's it still has all the same um, tones, the does same it, the same feeling. Does it have a um? A scarred vagina? No, it doesn't have any. Uh, and I was actually worried about that because it, that scene came up in the movie, uh-huh. and and I I thought if America was going to um, water it down at all, that's the scene to water it down in. Yeah, well, I yeah, I'm I, I I'm just glad to hear that because honestly, I didn't like that very much. No, um, it it didn't have that. I thought it was awesome, man. The acting. I'm the dumb it. American. They need to water it down for apparently. You know, and I'm I guess I'm proud of it. Well, I'm not proud of it. My ignorance, anyway. Well, there were a couple things that they did. Um, they did kind of water down for people. Like, I, I don't know about the, like they kind of explain things a little more than the original. Oh, huh. Which I didn't think was necessary, but maybe to uh, you know people who wear helmets, it is. <laughs> you haven't read the book, have you? No, Shelley's reading it. I think right now. Oh, she's re- okay. Well, I you know I'm curious to see because I mean we know that both of these movies were based off the same book, and it's not. And and from what I hear, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that, that that this movie is supposedly another adaptation of the book, and not necessarily a remake of the of the original Let the Right One In. Am I right? Yeah, it's kind of like um, you know, the I Am Legend thing where two different people went with the same story. And what I was told was that the writer of the book, you know, liked the version, the American version, because they kept more to the novel. But I really, really couldn't. I couldn't tell any major differences. Really? Like none, like nothing stood out to me as being different because, um, I I expected there to be you know a, a bunch of stuff that you know was different from the original, and 
it had enough things to stand on its own, but nothing, you know, that really, I, nothing stood out, man. I mean, it's not, it wasn't rated PG-13, was it? Oh, no, it was R. Okay, is it because of violence, mostly? Uh, violence, and, and I will tell you this, it has one thing the uh, original didn't have. Titties! <laughs> nice ones, too, man. Really? It, it did It did actually change a few things, like, um, like you know, uh, you know the woman in the original who uh, gets attacked and, you know, burst into flames in the hotel, yeah, in the uh-huh. hospital? Um, they kind of changed that and stuff, and I, don't, and I guess maybe that's more to the book. But um, it was pretty cool, man. I, I really dug it. It was better than the Piranha remake, I'll tell you that shit right now. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, that, but, that was that was fun for the whole family. Oh, I mean, Piranha, I'm pretty sure is going to be up for an Oscar this uh this <laughs> spring coming up. The greatest but, uh, effect the, the 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 achievement in severed dick is the <laughs> is the category it will win. Yeah, fish choking uh fish coughing up uh helmet. <laughs> you know the one thing that let me in had going against it at first and i i was real reluctant to even think it would be any good what was uh the director was a guy matt reeves who did cloverfield wait a second and he i did, thought Clo- what do you mean he did cloverfield i thought Ag- uh, uh, abrams did cloverfield um well i thought they said from the director of cloverfield oh, i thought jj abrams did cloverfield i could be wrong oh, maybe i'm second. wrong hold on a second you know what the magic of podcasting is <laughs> looking nope you're right matt reeves directed cloverfield why did i think it was uh jj abrams i wonder if he produced it or something yeah he has something to do with it i know because right when you said that it, it clicked with me that he he had something to do with cloverfield you know what's funny is i remember i remember not i mean i hate i i personally hated cloverfield yeah i didn't like it either like i mean i, I like really hated it because they wanted me to care about these kids that i wanted to all die but oh, they sucked but um when i went into to go see star trek i was uh a little scared because I thought that J.J. Uh, Abrams had directed Cloverfield, and I hated it so bad. Then I was like so shocked when I loved Star Trek. I still haven't seen that Star Trek. It's it's really good. But yeah, anyway, what are you gonna do? All right, man. So uh, you know I've got a list of crap to talk about in the beginning of this episode. Do you want, oh. do you want me to just go and do yeah. it? Yeah, dive on in. Listen, I'll I'll rattle right through this, you guys. Uh, first of all, I wanted to make sure everybody goes to visit. DollarMovieDriveIn.com. Uh, of course, we know that that is our man Aaron's website. Basically, uh, he had he, what we're what we're planning on doing is he's been showing some movies and he's working on putting you know some intros. You know how he does the Friday Night Frights as well. He's he does that with um, you know with some other public domain movies like all all sorts of genres, not just horror. Even though I don't know why anybody wants to watch anything but horror. Uh, however, what we're in the process of making it into a podcast right now. So basically, you can subscribe and watch all these movies on your iPod if you don't have time to sit around and uh, you know watch them at your PC. But anyway, uh, right now he's got uh, Sony Chiba in Street Fighter and Return of the Street Fighter. Uh, he's got a couple westerns, Death Rides a Horse, and Find a Place to Die. Anyways, he's done so much for the show. I just want to make sure that that uh, you know we make sure that anybody who wants to go over there is going over there and that the word is getting out because he's an awesome dude. He's working hard at this. So I don't know. Get your butts over there. Right? Hell yeah. Yeah, that's right. You go over there too. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. I'm, I'm actually going to put it in my favorites. I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm going to follow up with that too. Are you? Because, <laughs> because, yeah. because I, I have a I have a bug on your computer that tells me all your habits, and you've been a very naughty boy, Johnny. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't want to look <laughs> at my history. <laughs> I just can't believe there's that much gay porn on the on the internet. 
Anyway. Or, or midget gay porn. Oh, easy there. <laughs> you know what? Gay's gay, whether no matter how big you are, okay? <laughs> anyway, uh, this is going to actually be a huge month for uh, the Salty Horror Film Festival. We've got so much shit going on. Um, actually starting, I think next week we have some, we, we probably have five or six things uh, right now on the site that are building up for, uh, to the, uh, uh, the Salty Horror Film Festival here. And here's the one thing I'm in charge of. First of all, everybody go to the damn Salty Horror Film, no, do I sound like all angry? I apologize. Go to <laughs> SaltyHorrorFilmFestival.com, click on events and you'll see all the stuff, all updated, all the, um, uh, all of the uh, what's going on. You'll see the schedule for the actual um, film festival itself. And also, uh, pretty quick on the 10th, we're going to have all of the uh, movies that we've selected to make it, uh, you know, to, to, to screen at the at the festival. We'll have a list of those up. And it was funny, actually, last Friday, we uh, I took the day off, and all we did was kind of go through a bunch of horror movies, you know, choosing slots and all that stuff. It was, it was actually a lot of fun. It's, it's, it was kind of cool to see the inner workings of a horror film festival you know because it's i don't i don't know how i got in on this thing we there's a guy named brian who who does all sorts of film festivals and he's you know knows his shit when it comes to making movies and and uh uh you know what constitutes a good editing and, and stuff like that and we have mario who of course does that for a living and he's uh you know running the salty horror film festival and you have me just some dude that likes horror movies you know, they're like, oh, yeah, look at the shot composition on this. And I'm like, yes, it gave me a bognus erectus and just to try just to try to sound all smart and whatever. No, but it was really fun. I mean, we went through. I mean, there was a, there was a, a lot of awesome movies that are going to be coming up for the Salty Horror Film Festival. In fact, announcement, me and Sam are going to be getting together for a special Salty Horror Film Festival Cadaver Lab episode. Sweet. We're gonna. It's gonna be back. We we have the movies. We're gonna be talking about. You know, maybe five or six. Of course, not all the way through. It's gonna be kind of a different special type of thing. But yeah, Sam's getting his balls back on the podcast. It should be a good one. Hell yeah. Um. One. One last thing I want to talk about. Uh. Let's see. Actually, there's like two or three more things I want to talk about. Um. The the one event that I've kind of been in charge with charge of is that we're doing a kind of a uh, you know a show with uh, right now four bands are on the bill and uh, we're calling it Salty Horror Rocks. Those are who are in, who are in Salt Lake City or who can be in Salt Lake City on the twenty third, be at uh, October twenty third, be at Burt's, uh, you know between seventh and eighth South and State at about eight p.m. We're gonna have Die Monster Die headlining, have a band named Tough Titty. Victims Willing, Blue Moon Bombers. We're going to have the Salty Horror Girls there with prizes and swag. Um, and also, you know the Mad Saxon? Mike Jones? Oh, yeah. Mike Jones! Who? He uh, S. Michael Jones, the Mad <laughs> Saxon. <laughs> no, he did He did the flyer for that, and it, um, it's on Facebook and stuff. And he did a great job. I definitely want to say thanks to him because he really, he really came through for me. Uh, I called in a, a favor. You know, you know when like somebody you know, he 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 said, "Oh man, I, I'd be happy to help you with this." I'm like, "Because you helped me get my podcast going," and then I totally abused him and made him do way more work than I ever did helping him. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel okay about that. I feel that, that's okay with me. No, I'm just teasing, but I just uh, appreciate that uh, from him. Vices in Teramo, thirty minutes to kill. How'd that sound? <laughs> it sounded weird. Awesome. Uh, well, that's what I was going for. Uh, okay. Also, I did a little th something on the site. We have three t-shirts up there. Three t-shirt designs up there. 
and I, I switched it out so they're really easy to buy. Uh, basically, they are at our cost, or they're you know they're they're twenty three bucks to buy, but you can get them in any size. I'm not making any money off of them. I'm, I'm doing it at a cost, but if you want to buy either a Cadaver Lab T-shirt, a Salty Horror Film Festival T-shirt, or a Corpse Collective T-shirt, please be my guest. Okay. Like I said, I'm not making any money. Okay. <laughs> You should have so a go, little uh, so go cash, cash register bell go off. Right no, no, no. And uh, finally, the music for this episode today is supplied by Spawn Atomic, a cool, cool band full of cool, cool guys. And their uh, their manager slash promoter named Eva is so g darn cool. You were gonna See, say hot? No, <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Okay, because you know I don't want to get in trouble. But anyway, so all the music for from today or for today's episode is from Spawn Atomic. They're from uh, San Francisco and Oakland. Uh, they're going to be playing at the Salty Horror Film Festival, and so that's basically why we, uh, why I'm, uh, you know, uh, letting them know or basically going to put them on this episode. We're going to be playing also in the in the in the special episode. We're going to be playing some bands from there too. Spawn Atomic. One, thanks for that. One, <laughs> la, one last thing that I've got to talk about. And uh, let's see. And this is, is uh, first of all, I, I want to I go into voicemails right after I talk about this. So do you have anything else you'd like to bring up? I think you do. No, that's, I, well, not really. I mean, um, if you haven't heard of it yet, uh, Slug from the Slugcast has something called Cinema Sinistre. Where he has horror hosts on there, and they, you know, they introduce horror movies that are in the public domain. But wait a second, real quick. Um, there was an extra handsome one. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I actually posted it on CadaverLab.com. Lord Lord Bloodraw. <laughs> you know what? Lord Bloodraw is actually a handsome dude. He is. You know, I would give him a hug, and I would squeeze his his little tushy. <laughs> um, yeah, Lord Bloodraw did the first episode, the Night of the Living Dead one. Uh, Spooky Bill did the second one, the, um, what was it, The Last Man on Earth. And I hosted the newest episode, Deep Red, which is pretty awesome. The website for that is www.vimeo.com slash cinema sinistre. And to spell that, it's S-I-N-E-M-A-S-I-N-I-S-T-R-E. That's a, it's a little bit of a weird spelling, so that's why I spelled it out for you. Oh, well, thank you for that. What do you think, we're idiots? Hey, I, I I went to the wrong page the first couple times I typed it in. Jerk. What do you call Just me, kidding. an idiot? <laughs> yes, no. Uh, well, okay. You got anything else? Uh, that's it for now. I mean, we should probably mention that um, all the movies picked out on tonight's episode are from Chris over at Cinema Corpse and That's What's Up Podcast. And you know what? We deserve him big loving and big hugging and kissing. And I think proximity-wise, that's your job. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, and it's we these movies... Um, these are movies that aren't talked about a lot on podcasts, or if if at all, some of them. Well, so, most I like two out of the three of these I had never even heard of. Oh, I know, yeah. But no, it's awesome. Chris did a great job. Appreciate you. You know what's funny is I kept meaning to email because Chris freaking burned me copies of these. I mean, uh, bought me copies of these and uh, sent them to me. You know, to to, to talk about, and uh, he went above and beyond the Call of Duty there, and I just want to. Tell him thanks, and I, I never, I'm, I'm just like a freaking savage, man. I never even sent him a thank you email. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Sorry, Mark, Mike just uh, sent you to prison. 
Why did I send him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, sweet, man. <laughs> cool. Well, before we get into some voicemails, I wanted to talk about next episode uh, a little bit because we need you, the Cadaver Lab listener, to help us out. We can't Basically, live if living is without you. We sing that too. I love us so much, good can without you. Was that the song? Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, okay. So basically, what we're trying to do is is first of all, we're trying to plan ahead an episode. Can you believe that shit? Woo. Okay. And uh, what we're trying to do is we want to do kind of not a cadaver classics episode, but but we want to do the theme of quote unquote classics, and we need your help. What we want from you is an email or a voicemail. Um, of films, of horror films that, that fall into one of three categories. The first one, films that you expect to become classics that, you know, that aren't, you know, the, 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 maybe a lot of people don't consider them classics. I mean, we don't need Night of the Living Dead because, I mean, everybody knows that's, a, you know, a classic. You know what I mean? But movies that, that you like, you enjoy so much, and uh, that you expect to become classics. Maybe the ones that have come out in the last 10 years or something like that, that uh, you know just haven't had enough time to become a classic. Like me, you know what movie I think is going to become a classic? Classic. What's that? Mulva, the zombie killer. Gosh dang, I can't even remember what it's called. <laughs> zombie Hunter. <laughs> that would have been a lot seen better. That. Oh, it's terrible anyway. Um, number two, the second type of film that we want you to, to, to think about and send in. Films that you love and you think is a classic. But uh, maybe it doesn't get the love that you feel it deserves. Oh, shit. Here comes all the Piranha 3D crap. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Honestly, do you know what I would I would put in for this? And I make no apologies for this. I don't think The Ninth Gate gets as much love as it deserves. Oh, you okay? love that flick, dude. I, I, I made sweet, sweet love to it, and it cuddled with me for three hours. No, that was Polanski. He directed it. Um. Well, yeah, Polanski. Yeah, okay. He cuddled so with you for three hours. So what, except for, I, I, it's actually, I'm totally lying. It was the other way around. I cuddled him, and he was weeping the whole time. Oh, so, yeah, because you're not a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> I'm just big and burly, hairy, and he, I don't, for some reason, he's not into that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see, okay. Films that you, and number three is the films that you know are not classics, never will be classics, but you can't help but love them. Okay, oh, so yeah. so maybe, you know, uh, guilty pleasure type classics or something like that. Okay, so basically, uh, do us a favor, send in your voicemail, send in your email. Uh, everybody, right now, I'm talking to you, and, and you're, you're probably sitting there thinking, he can't be talking to me. I mean, he's, he's, he's talking on the podcast, he's not talking directly to me. No, I'm talking directly to you. I want you to email either Mike at CadaverLab.com, Johnny at CadaverLab.com, or both, or whatever. Uh, put the term classic somewhere in the subject line, or call 206-339-2730 um, with your thoughts. And then uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna read a lot of those. We're going to compile a couple to talk about, you know. But, uh, but basically, uh, we, do, we need your help with this one. So come it's through for us. It's going to be a different kind of episode. It's going to be awesome. Why? Because the, the way we do episodes now suck? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, sweet, man. I'm just teasing you. Word. Well, cool, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do you say we uh, do some ear fare, come back, and do some voicemails? Hell yeah. Greetings, Mike. Greetings, Cadaver Labanites. This is Shane Diablo with another taste of ear fare for you. This time around, three albums I've really been getting into. First band, psychobilly band called Coffee Cats spelled with K's. 
album is Drunk in the Daylight. And it's really eclectic, really different from a lot of the psychobilly that you hear for the most part. So give this a listen. constantly on tour they are heavy heavy energy live so definitely check this band out and pick this album up this is eternal bond For you! 
feathers fall, fall onto the ground. Little white feathers fall, never make a sound. And as the teardrops roll up, up, up down my cheeks, there's a hole in my heart. And as the teardrops roll up, up, up down my cheeks, there's a hole in my heart. Awesome band. Every album they release is fantastic, so you can't go wrong with it. Alkaline Trio, their new album that was just released this year, This Addiction. Uh, always on tour. Amazing three-piece punk pop band with a twist of Satanism in there. I, th- I believe a few members are from the Church of Satan. but Really dark lyrics with a nice pop-punk sound. These guys are amazing, and you can't go wrong with any one of their albums. This album is called This Addiction.
For this edition of Ear Fear, hope you liked what you heard. Coffin Cats, Drunk in the Daylight. You heard The Independence from the album Eternal Bond. And finally, Alkaline Trio, their new album, This Addiction. Um, all three albums, great stuff. If you like what you hear, go to DiabloCast.com. That's my little shwingity dingy. And uh, even though they don't say it, Mike, even though they don't say Salt Lake City, remember... The heart of rock and roll is still beating. Am I right? Hey, this is Brody from Rainbow Real Cinema calling you fine bastards internationally all the way from across the ocean. Just wanted to say that I love the show and you guys are doing a fine job on spreading the word about how awesome witches are. People always talk about vampires, werewolves, or zombies. There's never any lots of the sexy and magical temptresses that get their enjoyment from humiliating and torturing men. I mean, I can go for that. <clears throat> uh, anyway, love the show. Thanks for the shout-out in the previous episode. Uh, just two quick things. Um, Mike, I'm Australian, not British. Not all of us talk like we're going to go to a fucking Akadaka concert every night. Too fucking right, mate. Uh, Akadaka is bogan Australian face. DC didn't pick that up. It's cool, though. Like, I, I can understand you getting the two accents confused. It's all good, man. Um, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. You had to say it, didn't you? You you just had to say it. Australians and New Zealanders had the same sounding accent, do we? You done fucked up, boy. When the last of the blood trickles down from the cracked skull of a dingo warlock, you'll know that I come from the land where thunder cracks through the very veins that course within my blood from my truth as cell when I arrive on the doorstep of your fragile life, you will heed my call and tremble in my presence. Do I sound Kiwi now, Johnny? Do I sound Kiwi now? Anyway, love the show. Uh, can't wait for the next episode and uh, I hope you're both staying safe and everything is good with you. Um, keep up the good work. Peace, dudes. Oh, well, that guy. I have to say about that one is I did not understand one word that he even said. Oh, I did. I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> he was. Oh my god, dude! That he's one of the funniest dudes around, man. Uh, and 
I'll I told you, and I'll tell you again. Uh, they do not take that shit lightly. Do not compare them. That's like, bizarre. See, now I have a threat. I want. No, I wonder what it is because I know he gets all. He got all mad at the Kiwis. I think. <laughs> I think he said that. Yeah. But he did. um, no, that that's bizarre. I mean, come on. What about peace, love, and hope, and King's X? You know, come on. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand the hatred. I like Canadians. I like Mexicans. You know. Well, do you, do you, do you really like Canadians? Uh, I tell you what, I like every Canadian I've ever met. I'm just messing. In real I life. I do not like Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, I've never met her. Oh, yeah, she, she's <laughs> terrible in bed. <laughs> well, she's like, it's like doing a broom. <laughs> it's like sticking, it's like, like she's like sticking frigid and just kind of doesn't move. And then she, she has like a, a really hairy pubic region that is oh. kind of like straw. Well, like what? A... <laughs> Awesome. I, I don't know what that even means, but no. Dude, that was a great voicemail. Thanks, man. Oh, That's awesome. It was great. Rainbow Real Cinema. Also, I'd like to put it out there that he just did a promo for, um, for uh, was it, for 19 Nocturne Boulevard and us on YouTube, and it was awesome, man. Like, Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, it was great. He did a whole thing uh, you know, about going to the Cadaver Lab and signing up for the forums and listening to the show, and uh, he did it for Julie, too, on the same video. Oh, you know what? It couldn't happen to two better people. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little he's, biased. He's an awesome dude. Awesome. Hey, appreciate that, man. Thanks so much for the call in. And uh, uh, I still can't tell the difference between uh, British and uh, Australian accents. Peace. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why I felt like I needed to end that with peace, but here's the next voice of mine. Hey, it's Spooky Bill. Johnny, people are assholes. Don't pay any attention to them. You know what? It, it, you know, that pisses me off. If people would just sit back and enjoy things or just ignore what they don't like, then, you know, the world would be a much happier place. Fuck them. You're awesome, man. Keep going strong. You rock. Oh, you too, Mike. Um, I think I think we've made a love connection. I heart Spooky Bill. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's awesome. Uh, dude, I don't... I, 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 did something happen that I'm not aware of? Shit. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm to the point now where I, I really, you know, I may not like the same thing as other people, but I will respect the fact that you like it. I got personally called out and attacked for not liking a movie by several people, but one of them was done through an anonymous email, and they... That's real manly. Well, they personally attacked me. I mean, it wasn't even like... It wasn't even like they had just attacked the fact that I, did, I didn't like the movie. They oh, and your mama and your mama is so fat that type that kind of thing. Oh man, there was so so much like hateful name calling and stuff. And I'm like, dude, if you don't like it, don't follow me on Twitter or listen to the show. <laughs> I mean, come on. If you have to send it anonymously, you have no freaking balls. We invite you not to listen. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm really not trying to offend people with my reviews of movies. You crazy bastard. Crazy bastard. <laughs> By the way, Spooky Bill, I appreciate you throwing my name in there, but even if you didn't throw my name in there, I still love you. Yeah. You know, I you know, I, I can't get enough of your love, babe. Is it weird that I'm I, I feel like I'm a little extra affectionate tonight? Oh you are. Uh there's let's count of one, two, six hard nipples. <laughs> Whoa, what are you like? Some kind of dog? Oh in the eat. Me, you and Spooky Bill. Hey there, Cadaver Lab. Uh, this is the Wolfman, just fresh out of seeing the second local showing of The Last Exorcism. Um, I just wanted to call in and say that I think you guys are going to want to catch this one. 
it may not be the gore fest that a lot of folks like these days, and it doesn't have much in common with a film like Friday the 13th, but I think this one's going to be pretty popular, with our crowd at least. The ending is not what you come to expect and ties together nicely with something we see early on. Also, about the uh, Argento films, um, I think you guys are going to want to try and catch a screening of Red Velvet. Apparently, Argento actually saw and uh, gave his official seal of approval to this film, which is a little independent slasher. And uh, it's a surreal little piece, kind of hard to find, thanks to some legal troubles that an executive producer had. But if you can scare it up, if nothing else, I think this is the first film where you're going to see an alligator used as a murder weapon. Anyways... Talk to you later. Can't wait for the next show. This is the Wolfman. I'll talk to you later. Okay, so is it like eating alive, where the the alligators out back in a pond and it attacks people, or is the guy <laughs> swinging an alligator by his tail and it's like biting people in the face? <laughs> it, it's like a mecca. It's like a mecca alligator that like it, that they basically mounted on his arm, <laughs> and oh. he yeah I. I've never even heard of it. Red Velvet? Have you heard I of it? I haven't either. No. I've well, heard of mounting alligators. There's a lot more shit than, than, I, than we know. Well, than I know. You know I, I wanted speak to for you. I wanted to see The Last Exorcism pretty bad, and man, the horror community has been nothing but kind of negative well, about it. So I, I was going to say, you know what's funny is I've heard two. That's a second good review of it that I've heard. In a, I can't remember what the first one was. The first one I heard was on the forums. I, I think it was... Uh, you know, I can't remember. Someone on the forums just said they saw it and they loved it, though. Really? Because, well, I remember, I, anyway, I'm, but you're right. I've only heard crap about it. And, well, I mean, I think it's because I, you Eli know, Roth. The thing is, oh, I didn't know Eli Roth had anything to do with it. He produced it, and I think they, they went into the, like, the previews said that right there real big. And he has such hatred for him anyway, people don't even give it a chance, I'm sure. Do, do you hate Eli Roth? I love Eli Roth, man. Like, I, oh. I love every movie he's ever done. Really? Yeah, and See, I get a lot of shit for that. That was in that email I got. Hey, you like oh, Eli Roth, so I can't take your opinion seriously. Fuck I'm off. kind of. <laughs> you like sending anonymous emails, so you're an ass nugget. <laughs> Listen, dude. You know, honestly, I'm kind of indifferent because <laughs> uh, for uh, for Eli Roth, because I mean, what what did he make? He made the Hostel movies. I thought that they were that they were all right. You know, I mean, I don't. I I just. I mean. And, and here's the deal, because I know Steven hates Eli Roth, hates him. Yeah, like most never, of the douchebags do. And I've, well, uh, oh, oh, I've like the douchebag podcasting. Yeah, well, no, I'm not uh, calling him a douchebag. <laughs> oh, if you hate Eli Roth, you're a douchebag. So no, 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 no. But I mean, and it's like, okay, I admit, I will admit to you first of first off, like I was talking about earlier in the show, I don't, I'm not like this well-trained critic and I don't have a, 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 an eye for cinema and how to make it, whatever. And you know, and I'm, I'm comfortable with that. However, I don't know why, how, what are the, has he made any other movies that I don't know about that just suck so bad that it's, you know, most it, people hate cabin fever, but I like cabin fever. I like it. I mean, he's never direct. Those are the only three movies he's directed. Really, because I'm I'm I almost just think that the that the two hostels I think that they're just kind of decent, you know, they're okay. I think people, you know, they they think of him like they do Uwe Boll. Well, that's not that's maybe, not the case at all. 
Well, you know what? Uwe Boll did something that I will always um, appreciate him for. What's that? I can't remember her name. He showed Blood Rain's boobies. Oh, Christiana Loken. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's who I'm talking about, okay? That is who I'm talking about. He did that, and no one else did that. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Mr. Who, who's a great director. You didn't show me that. Okay, so up <laughs> yours. No, honestly, though, I'm kind of indifferent to those movies because I don't think they're bad. I, I don't think they're, like, freaking the greatest things I've ever seen. I think the idea is scary, you know. Oh, yeah. Especially the first one. However, I don't, you know, I mean, it's like, like I said, I mean, is there something that I'm missing that's just so terrible about these movies that, that I'm just ignorant and don't know what I'm talking about? If so, I don't care. Yeah, I don't. I mean, <laughs> it's. I think as far as like camera shots and stuff and the cinematography in Eli Roth's movies, I think it's excellent. I mean, I don't know what the complaint is. I think people don't like him because he's a little self-righteous in his films, but well, shit, well, almost all also, directors are. Well, yeah, and he was also pretty bad about, you know, when he, he blamed pirating to uh, for the for the reason why uh, what was hostile to didn't do very well you know what and you got to realize that's kind of a douchey thing but let's be honest you guys if i got mad at every person who was ever in a movie that said douchey things you know i would never watch a movie like you know what i i I have a a floss that i have something that someone that some people would see as a flaw i love um of course i can't remember his name right now What's that guy in the Scientology guy's name? Which one? I mean, Tom Cruise? I love Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise movies. Okay? Is he a douche? Yeah, yes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> why not? But, I mean, his movies, are I think, are great. I mean, I'm not saying every one of his movies is great, but you know what? I love to see that man run. Maybe it's oh, just yeah. a, an attraction thing. I mean, I love know? Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and stuff, but I met Mike Patton about a decade ago, and he was the biggest prick I've ever met in my life. <laughs> See, there you go. But I still like his music. It doesn't mean, it, you know. And it's like, you know what? I have to say, one of the greatest, one of the greatest movies ever made. All right, let, let, let me, uh, let me, uh, let me see if you can get it. Okay. Okay. Every man dies, but not every man truly lives. Yeah. Was that Braveheart? Yeah. Okay. That like, that's one of my all-time favorite movies ever. He's a dude. The freaking Mad and Max movies. Mel Gibson's movies. a douche. Oh yeah, and Mel Gibson obviously is a douche. Okay. Oh we, yeah. We can all agree on that. You know, and Tim Robbins I think is a douche. Shawshank Redemption is one of my very favorite movies of all time. I can't stand Tim Robbins as a person, but he's yeah. in some good movies. I don't know much about him or his movies, but I mean, it doesn't bother me. I mean, from what I've seen. But I mean, as far as I mean, I can understand not liking someone, but I mean. I, in my opinion, I don't think Eli Roth has ever put a movie out that just sucks so bad that you people should hate him the way they do. Oh well, and and I guess you know, and I'll be a little bit honest with you. I only know, I guess I don't know for sure that you know how. I mean, maybe I haven't seen the extent of people's hatred for Eli Roth, but I just know a lot of people who just like can't who just disregard everything he's ever done because for some reason or another. And I, you know, I don't know. Well, it's Whatever. the same thing with Rob Zombie, and you know what cracks me up is Alexandra Aja, who did, like, uh, Piranha 3D and did, like, Mirrors. Pe- yeah. The same people are, like, licking his ball sweat. Like, they think he's, like, the greatest, and his movies suck mirrors, balls. Mirrors suck. No, he did He did a really good one. He did well, uh, He did High Tension, and he did The Hills Have Eyes, and I like both of those. I actually loved High Tension, even but, though, don't but, come tell me about the ending. I know. I know. I, know. I, get it. I still love the movie. But as far as mirrors and prawn 3D go, don't sit there and tell me this guy's a good director. He's, no, he's not mirrors at all. Mirrors was terrible. Oh yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's it's weird it's because the same people get, you know, so been out of shape about, you know, Rob Zombie and Eli Roth, but they love this guy. And I'm like, his movies are horrible. You know what? Speaking of Rob Zombie, I hated Halloween 2 probably more than, like, mo- uh, most people do because of those those irritating girls. Oh, I don't know obnoxious. what it is, but it's like. To me, it was like I they I think they affect me worse than I think they affected most people, but because I've gone on like little rants and stuff, and people are like you settle down, you know, and I'm like I'll admit I sometimes I go off on you know little anger things. I'm an angry man. Come on, yeah, come on. Well, I do. Angry, I do too. Everybody boy. does. Yeah, but uh, but but I love Rob Zom. Uh, almost. Oh, let's see. I don't love uh, the El Superbisto. You know, I don't love it. I don't hate it. But I do love House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and I even really liked the the first remake of Halloween, you know. Um, but uh, I he uh, what did he do? what did he just announce? He said he's he's gonna can the Blob remake. He's doing and, Lords of Salem. That's right, and I am looking forward to that. It's an original idea. It's uh, exactly about, was it three hundred year old witches that uh, ascend on uh, like a New England town. You you know how he got that idea, don't you? His song? No, no, no. He uh, he listened to no. <laughs> Would you wait, come on? Let me tell you. He he listened to our last episode. Oh, he was like you know what? Nobody talks about witches very much. But guess what? I'm gonna do a show now. It's yeah. funny that dude. That announcement was right after that. Coincidence? No, could not no. be. Yeah, he's gonna have a bunch of lesbian vampires in it, and I'm gonna go see it. Three oh my times. gosh! By the way. I don't know if I talked about this enough on the last one. In fact, I had a lot of people telling me how pervy I was on the last episode. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I've was watched, the episode. I've watched uh, Morgana Le Fay again <laughs> so, since then. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, Private like screening room. I like that movie a little bit, guys. I can't help it. I can't help yeah. it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. All right, uh, we're doing voicemails, aren't we? Yeah, Paul Rubens. What? <laughs> Pee-wee. You're, I know. I get it. I can't believe you called me that. Oh, he's awesome. Listen, I'm doing it in my in the privacy of my own home, okay? <laughs> and the privacy of my car that I drive out at lunchtime to to abandon warehouses and watch it on my iPod, okay? In rush hour traffic. And well, I was, I was just gonna say that next, but I I have a jacket over it, okay? Ah, <laughs> uh, right. jacket. Um, <laughs> I have a jacket over where I jacket. <laughs> All right. Here's uh, here's another voicemail from Chris. Have you ever wanted to see Johnny talk about pornography, rap music, and gangster movies? None of that horror shit on this show. Uh, that's what's up, podcast. Yeah, that's what's up. Uh, Johnny, uh, you could go there and uh, see his uh, crazy dance moves. He does the uh, infamous uh, Elaine dance from Seinfeld. And uh, does a little vanilla ice dancing. Yeah, just visit com. T-H-A-S-W-U-S-U-P.com. That's what's up. I'm just kidding. Uh, shameless plug there. Um, I really liked the last show about the witches, man. All that uh, nice cleavage action going on. Uh, nice breasticle count. I think I might pick up a few of those movies. Um, but that said, uh, I'm going to let you guys uh, get on with this uh, new episode. I know it's going to be good. I uh, heard through the grapevine you might be uh, reviewing that Maxwell Stein uh, and a couple other movies. So uh, 
Awesome podcast. Later. He heard through the grapevine, uh, meaning he is the grapevine. Meaning he's a California raisin. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, man. Uh, yeah, man. I was a guest host on their uh, Chris and Darrell's podcast, uh, That's What's Up podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Who's Darrell? Darrell is the other co-host. No, 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 no. King, King Pimpin. Pimpin. King Pimpin. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you are cool enough to call him by anything but King Pimpin. I'm gonna oh. throw that out right now. Hey, I got news for you. King Pimpin and I might be uh, doing some music collaboration pretty soon. I'm pretty stoked. Really? Oh, I saw yeah. one of his videos, and there were a lot of a lot of hoes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's awesome, and those guys are great. I mean, oh, I went out there he's to record. Funny, man. Oh yeah. They they uh they made steaks and pork chops. It was a whole event, man. It was great. Oh, so okay, so we can actually see videos of you doing the Elaine dance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stoked for that, man. That's are gonna you? be awesome. Well, we're all just doing a bunch of dances, but uh, oh, that movie that Chris directed, that short film um, for his new web series, Traces of Darkness. Uh huh. We actually, uh, you know, that we filmed that episode and everything, and it's a hundred percent complete. And oh, cool. uh, this weekend, we're gonna have like a casting crew screening of it, and then he said, hopefully by the end of the month, it'll be online for a few weeks. To, so oh, you're kidding can... me? Let us Sorry. let us know where it is. We'll post it up on Cadaver Lab, or we'll make sure everybody knows so and everybody remembers. So uh, yeah, because uh, Chris is, I mean, even even though he uh, he said uh, he enough of that horror shit, I think he's just kidding. I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> he he's an awesome dude. Okay, so uh, he also does a Cinema Corpse uh, podcast. Oh yeah, just so you know. Okay, oh, yeah. and, well, that, and his other website for that that uh, web series is tracesofdarkness.com. dot com. And if you go there, it's not really um, it's kind of bare bones right now, but it has uh, you know rules about submitting your own videos. I mean, if you're interested, you know, if you have ideas for stories, if you want to direct an episode, whatever. I mean, get a hold of Chris, man. He's he's really open to ideas. Sweet. Awesome, man. Let me a voicemail, Chris. Yep. Here's uh, here. <laughs> uh, let me let me pre let me give you a little history of this. Uh, Gracie's poppy called in. He said, uh, "Remember we 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 said uh, you know make your own." Who else said that for for something? Well, and I remember I was talking about something, but I totally spaced reading this, and he got all bent. He got all hurt. Is this so the I one that I'm sending sending the book out for? Um, I maybe the I guess. Black Dahlia book. Um, I think it is. I gotta be honest with you. I don't remember anything about a Black Dahlia book. I don't either. Like I remember vaguely mentioning it on the last episode, but <laughs> I will send it out to him. Cause I need I need to send one to uh, the Wolfman too. I think I'm pretty sure. Word. And there's and there's one other guy I'm gonna I gotta send it to. But I have don't worry I have it all. I just haven't got around to it yet. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <Great. laughs> uh, here this is from a couple episodes ago, but we'll go ahead and play this now. So I always jerk off before I shoot a scene. That was Paul Rubens before the cameras roll on Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Damn. Would you guys leave Pee-wee alone, please? I love Paul Rubens. <laughs> hey, did you hear that that cop that arrested him actually came out like years later and said it was all hoax and that like he actually hated Paul Rubens and he did that just to you know kind of ruin his career? I did not hear that. Yeah, so him jerking off in that theater supposedly isn't true. So I'll go uh, with... He is no longer my hero. Yeah. I uh, I love Paul Rubens, and I won't deny that. I have all <laughs> the seasons of Pee-wee's Playhouse on DVD, yo. Are you serious? Hell yeah, they used to play a drinking game back in the day, man, where every time they would say the word of the day and everybody screams, you take a shot. 
<laughs> you're you're passed out like three minutes into the episode. That's awesome, dude. That's uh, creepy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty good though. I like that. Uh, who else said that? Yeah, it's gross. Leave Pee Wee alone. Free Pee Wee. Is he you know, incarcerated? Never mind. All right, here's our <laughs> last voicemail. There it is. I always love that fax message. This is Florida Possum, back from the dead. I've reinserted myself into the grid. I really um, don't have anything to say, but uh, was requested to call the CL line by some um, gringo. I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm just trying to catch up with everybody and catch up on my podcast and see what's going on because I've really been out of the loop. And um, it's really lonely out here, out of the loop. Um, Let's see. It's been a while since I've listened to any podcast. I'm just now catching up, and I'm sorry. Y'all are a little down the line because it's your long podcast, but I swear, I swear, I swear, I'll um, catch up. And um, it's, uh, oh, Mike, it's like an hour before the big game, so you might want to tune in, you know? Florida, Alabama, just thought I'd say. It has nothing to do with horror or anything. Oh, and I, oh, I do have one thing to say about horror. Um, I watched Monsters this week, you know, the one with the infected area type thing. And um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. And I think I was just kind of in the mood for it for some reason. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. And it made me put up Halloween decorations, so I don't know. Okay, well, y'all have fun. Go back to doing whatever you do and talk to you later. Florida Possum. Okay. She she lost me at recently inserted. Yeah, she, she lost me at infected areas. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, by the way, for those who are, are catching up, Florida got embarrassed by Alabama. Oh, I you know uh, what though? I love the Gators, and that was a bad game. You love the Gators? I'm from Florida. I kind of hate you now, dude. Hey, it's better than liking the Sooners, man. I'm I live in Oklahoma, and I freaking hate those bastards. Okay, whatever. I I don't like I don't like them either. Okay, whatever. Good, whatever you people, you people. No, what but, are you people? You, you know exactly what I mean. Oh, actually, I don't even know what I mean. Um, yeah, we don't care if you don't listen to us, Florida Possum. It doesn't hurt our feelings at all because our long pocket. We put more work into it. You know what? Fine for her. For her, that's right. We do it all for you, Damien. <laughs> Okay. Hey, she did mention uh, Gringo requested that she call the CL line. Um, yes. Just so people know, my Twitter account is Gringo Macabro. Um, that's my new Twitter, so hit me up. Hit hit Johnny up in the infected areas. <laughs> yeah, recently <laughs> inserted. She actually <laughs> said she was calling podcasts, and I said, hey, you calling the CL? She said, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do that. And she, <laughs> I think I forced her into it. I feel bad. Who cares? Listen. She's she's easily you know um, you you know like it's a Jedi thing you know the weak minded you know you you suggest it and it happens you know that's kind of what you did and Florida Possum unfortunately kind of falls into that category a so, Jedi mind tricked her yeah no, I'm just kidding I'm right. actually just trying to start some crap oh shit we're gonna get sued by George Lucas for even saying that on the show oh <laughs> I was thinking of crap from Florida Possum <laughs> I am not weak minded not that she talks like Buffalo Bill or I don't. I don't know why I decided to do that voice, but that's awesome. Anyway, uh, that's all the that's all the voicemails. Uh, we appreciate you guys calling in, uh, as always. Now, remember, we're really looking forward to your 
to your participation for next episode. So please call in 206-339-2730. I will make sure to give you that number at the end again. Those were some okay. good voicemails, man. Those were great voicemails. Yeah. Uh, they led to some uh, to some conversation that uh, maybe was a little long-winded. I blame you. Oh, was but, fun. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Cool, man. So uh, let's uh, play a tune and uh, come back talking about uh, acne. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was an awesome laugh. Oh man, I can't wait to talk about this piece of fuck. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna run to the I'm restroom not... and get a drink. All right, I'm leaving all that in, by the way. I'm all right. Too. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, that's cool. See you right. sec. Welcome to a night of total terror. When his bloody scalpel probes the forbidden secrets of a woman's flesh. The dead who live on living flesh. <clears throat> This is Aaron, back with another episode of It Came From the Public Domain. Tonight we're going to be talking about Maniac from 1934. Now this is a movie by Dwayne Esper, whose other credits includes uh, his other credits include such things as marijuana, the, the weed with roots in hell, and how to undress for your husband, and sort of things like that. Basically they're exploitation movies from the 30s that he got away with by couching them in terms of that they're educational. And this one's no different. This is supposed to be a study of mental illness. It's basically just a trashy horror movie. But uh turns out the local mad scientist is trying to, as usual, raise the dead. And to help him out, instead of getting like the usual humpback assistant or hawking, you know, hawking henchman or whatever, he decides to, to pick up the local uh, failed vaudeville actor. And he does this because the actor is a master of disguise and impersonation. So in the first scene of the movie, the the mad doctor, along with the actor who is disguised as, as the local mortician, sneaks into <clears throat> uh, sneaks into the mortician's lab to steal the body of a, an attractive, recently deceased woman. They go back to the lab and do the operation, and although we don't really see any signs of success, the doctor says that this, this was a success and she'll be up and around in no time. Then what he wants to do is, what he really wants to do is find some way to take the still beating heart that he has kept alive inside of a, a tank and put it into the body of someone whose heart has been destroyed. So uh, he he sends the, <clears throat> he sends the, <clears throat> the uh, his assistant out to find a body. He says he doesn't care where he gets it. He gets it from the morgue, gets it from the streets. He doesn't care where he gets it. Just get it. So the assistant goes out, but he, unfortunately for himself, runs into a cat fight, like a literal cat fight between two cats. It's, it appears the neighbor, this being uh, just post-depression, has a great scam worked out. He's raising cats and rats. See, what he figures is he can sell the cat fur to make fur coats for women. He, sells, he keeps the, cat, the rats to feed the cats. But since rats reproduce faster than cats, what he does is feeds the rats to the cats, and then when he skins the cats, he gives the cats dead bodies to the rats. So he's got this whole thing worked out. It's not a bad scam when you think about it. But anyway, the, I digress. The, uh, the main point is he sees a cat fight, and because of whatever mental problems he starts out with, he freaks out and can't go on with it. I mean, he can rob graves and everything else, but he can't go past a cat fight. But, okay. <clears throat> so he goes back to 
the doctor, and the doctor, of course, freaks out, overreacts, overacts like everybody else in this movie. I'm surprised there's like any scenery left with everybody chewing on it all the time. But the doctor has a better idea. He says, look, you know what I can do. You've seen what I can do. So he gives the assistant the gun and says, shoot yourself in the heart, and I'll revive you. You'll be fine. So this freaks our mentally unbalanced assistant out even more. And instead of doing that, he shoots the doctor instead, killing him, shoots him in the heart. So he's freaking out, and he sees all these hallucinations, which are actually what, what the hallucinations in this movie turn out to be are uh, they just superimpose scenes from the, the silent movie Haxon over top of everything else. So, it, I mean, it's kind of silly, but it kind of works. I mean, I can see it working as far as an example of, like, a, of a freaked out hallucination. But anyway, <clears throat> he just hides the body, and he's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. Then he's like, he thinks, well, I can uh, I can impersonate the doctor. So he starts acting like the doctor. He gets in the doctor disguise on and does the voice and everything. Just as he thinks he has everything figured out, one of the doctor's patients shows up. And it's a woman who's having trouble with her husband, well, he doesn't really have any medical knowledge other than what he's you know, seen the doctor try to pull off. But he thinks, well, I'll just inject him with some water. It'll be fine. I won't hurt him. And I could just say I did something. But unfortunately, he picks up a dose of super adrenaline instead and injects it into the guy, prompting one of the screen's best slash worst freakouts in cinema history. There now, you will feel better. Olympic. Doctor, he seems to be getting worse instead of better. Stealing oh. Oh. through my body. Creeping through my veins, pouring in my blood, oh, darts of fire in my brain, stabbing me, agony. I can't stand this torture, this torment. I can't stand it. I won't. I won't! I won't! What was in that hypo? happens in the scene is that well you heard but the guy freaks out and just at the end of the freak out the basically zombified attractive female that they resurrected before shambles into the screen and our freaked out husband grabs her and runs off 
Now, in a few scenes later, we see him with her in the woods. He rips her clothes off and climbs on top of her. We actually get like a full topless nude scene, one of a couple in this movie, which kind of surprised me, like I said, for a 30s movie. So the the wife, uh, you know, knows something's up, but basically blackmails him, thinking he's the doctor, into giving her something to mind control her husband with. Well, you know, he says at work on it, he just tries to get rid of her, and he, they take off. She takes off. So then he, then he gets the idea, well, I've, I know how to do this heart surgery that, that I think the doctor wanted to do on me, so I'll just take his heart and put it back into him. Well, he goes to do it, goes back into the lab and finds out the doctor's cat, there's a cat again, the doctor's cat has gotten the heart out of the tank and eaten it. So he freaks out. He starts chasing the cat. And here's like this scene of possible real animal cruelty is like every time he chases this cat into a room, the cat doesn't just walk into the room. It's obvious that somebody has like tossed the cat into the room, which is, I mean, I know it's kind of mean, but it's still kind of funny. I mean, it didn't really hurt it. But when he actually catches the cat, He's still freaking out. He grabs the cat and pulls its eye out and eats it. Now, this would have been, like, really gross if what what happened to pull that off is he actually got a one-eyed cat for the scene. Unfortunately, the one-eyed cat is, like, a completely different color than the other cat, but, I mean, we've got to give him credit for trying. I mean, that was pretty cool for this. That's pretty cool and, and crazy for the 30s. Um, <clears throat> but anyway... So he's still impersonating the doctor. Meanwhile, his estranged wife gets a telegram that he, the actor, has come into money. So she goes to find him. We don't know if she's, you know, just trying to be nice, but we suspect. Certainly he's paranoid, so he suspects that she's going to kill him to get the money. Like I said, he gets he gets more deranged as the movie goes along. Well, meanwhile, the other at the other the other woman comes back into the picture and the woman who wanted him to blackmail her husband. So he tells her to wait in the basement with a syringe. He's going to send a crazy lady down, and he needs her to help her, him subdue her, subdue her, and then they can get back to business. Well, he tells the wife that there's a crazy lady already in the basement. He gives her a syringe. So this perpetuates the climactic ultimate cat fight between two ladies, and not two cats, of course, a big syringe fight, and there's other stuff that goes on, and I can't even, I've already rambled enough, but you should get the idea, this is a crazy movie, when they were doing black and white independence, this is like, this is, this is Grindhouse before Grindhouse, you know, type movies, uh, I'm sure there was toured around like carnivals and that kind of thing, because, you know, no one distributed this as far as like in the big, you know, picture houses of the day, this was, this was like, you know, circus type stuff, but like I said, got away with it because it was supposed to be educational, so, uh, it's free. It's public domain. I've seen it on a couple things. I know for sure that it's on the Mill Creek Horror Classics 50 movie pack. It's on uh, archive.org. So give it a check. And that's about it. Thanks a lot. Bye. Where there is fire, there is smoke. Come on.
and we shall found our own armies, our own religion, our own dynasty. And that day is upon you now. All right, people, I got to warn you. This is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the name of the movie is Acne from 2000. Uh, it was written. And, and remember, these are all independent black and white horror movies. So, I mean, you know, a lot of independent. So there are some independent movies that are terrible. But there, there are some independent movies that fall into the same category as Acne. But I digress. Written, directed, edited, and produced by... A guy named Rusty Nails. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume that's not his his uh, given name. Okay. Is that the um, guy from Joyride? Yeah, I was going to say. Unless uh, unless he's driving down looking for Candy Cane. Candy Cane. Huh. Oh, and by the way, Rusty Nails. I'm a guy. That was my favorite <laughs> line. No, that's my favorite. Uh, what's that guy's name? Line of all time. Paul uh, Walker. Walker. Line of all time. Um, basically, Rusty Nails mostly did a lot of shorts. Uh, he actually did one called Dead On, which is the life and cinema of George A. Romero, which came out in 2008. I haven't checked it out. However, from what I read, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's not nearly as terrible as acne. Well, um, that's not hard to do. <laughs> no, 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 no kidding. I, uh, feel myself taking a shit once. Well, you know, why did I have to go there? <laughs> really? Why did I feel like I needed to go there? Now, now we're no longer highbrow. Now yeah. we no longer have eyebrows. Okay. Damn it. <laughs> uh, he was actually uh, an actor in Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4, as uh, Kabuki Man's drinking buddy. Thank goodness, or else there's no way I would have gotten a six degrees on this. Um, he was also in Terror Firmer, and uh, he makes every he makes the worst. This this movie Acne makes the worst trauma movie, like look like a masterpiece. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> Wait. Am I am I spoiling it that I didn't like this anyway? Um, you know what is you know what is is so sketchy about this movie is that the IMDb gave it a generous three point six, not just a three point six, but a generous three point six. You know what? I I bet you it's all it's like Rusty Nails' mom, <laughs> Miss Mrs. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Hair and Nails. <laughs> um, she she went in there and made a bunch of yeah in different bogus accounts and voted because that's the only person I think would have voted for this. Um, basically, it starred uh, Tracy Hayes as Franny, Rusty Nails as Zo- you know. Did it really star anybody? No, <laughs> there were people in the film. Okay, you know what? I, okay, I'm you know I'm just gonna continue to go through as if this movie didn't suck like <laughs> really bad. Uh, I could bust out the whole plot piece by piece, but uh, l- l- let's be let's let's be real. There's kind of, I mean, there's not a whole lot of story to it. Um, plus, I hate this movie and it's not worth going through it. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to read the IMDb uh, synopsis. Oh. Uh, Franny and Zoe wake up one morning ready to go to a high school field trip. Their plans quickly change when Zoe drinks contaminated water and his head becomes a huge pustule. When Franny comes to aid him, Zoe turns into a monstrous zit head. Soon the two of them set off on a bizarre journey, mutilating other teenagers, uh, and not in a good way, encountering strange suburbanites and developing very unusual cravings for chocolate. The army starts a nationwide manhunt for the infected adolescents as they struggle to remain conscious, try to figure out what's happened to them, and draw near to a terrifying fate. 
basically they drink some infected water that oil has seeped into the water supply of some kind. And uh, every time they come into contact with anybody, uh, they lose their hair. They get a cheap ass swimming cap on that, that has, it kind of actually looks like a giant broken condom. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that they lose their hair, do that. And basically, and, and you know, they put whipped cream in it. Yeah. Don't, don't try to, like, and there's like a crater at the top, you know, don't, I mean, they don't bother trying to make it look like skin. I mean, it, it literally looks like a skin colored, uh, swim cap. You know what? Listen. Maybe the budget was really low. Maybe I'm giving this movie too much shit for undo, and he did a great job for the budget they had. Maybe. But you know what? Boss. It just it just goes to show that the dude didn't want to put his real name on the damn movie. Well, I you know what the thing is is he put his he put the name Rusty Nails <clears throat> on everything he's done, or maybe maybe he has maybe he has some like good movies out there with, under a different name. But uh, I mean, he put his he put rusty nails on uh, the documentary about George Romero. I hope you know. Yeah, hopefully that one is better, like he said. Well, I and like I said, I don't know. That's just conjecture because of the comments that I read and and whatnot. Because I don't know. I mean, obviously this was in two thousand. I mean, so it's so it's ten years old. I mean, maybe the kid the kid looks pretty young. I mean, I don't. I think he was. You know, maybe he was. You know, only twenty or less than that when he made the movie, and so it's like. Maybe we need to give him a pass. Maybe we're being rude. Maybe we're being bullies, dude. Oh, no. I'm not being a bully. You know what bothered me about this movie? Like, um, but, besides guess. everything. Um, oh, okay. There were several things, man, but like one of the main things. Are, are we done? Do the synopsis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You know. What was it? Not Was it not detailed enough for you? Oh, yeah. I, I was, just didn't was, know if you want to talk. There some more, was <laughs> there some more like plot twists or uh, some some different points that I needed to put a finer point upon? I didn't know if you wanted to elaborate a little more. Um, <laughs> this okay, you see a movie like Fido or a movie like um, District Nine, and mm-hmm. there's there's an underlying message that's made pretty clear, mm-hmm. and, but the movie gets away on its own without you know just punching you in the face with it like it could stand alone without you know it being you know another message. This one right. seemed like it had one, but it failed to deliver like any understanding of it. Well, you know, I obviously, as far as cinematic experience, you cannot compare this to um, like in either of those movies. Oh no, no, no! You know, but you know, you know, actually, you know what this kind of reminded me of in the beginning? Clerks. I was thinking, oh, okay, cool. This kind of has a Clerks vibe to it. You know, I can see that. But that went away in about five minutes after I wanted to uh, strangle Rusty Nails. Oh yeah. You know what? This this movie also had a uh, this is uh, this is going in the Cadaver Lab Hall of Fame. Um, it was the new low in cinema music history. Oh, the the acoustic rendition of a song called Acne was the worst song ever in a film, ever. <laughs> I mean, I, it was pretty bad. <laughs> unless you know, listen, man, you know me. You know, you know my take on complaining about movies and and stuff like that. And I don't really like to continue to bag on it. And I, you know, I'll try to give it a chance, and I'll try to be, you know, not be too biased and not, you know, and let people make decisions for themselves because everybody has a different opinion. You know, and I, you know obviously I give my score, but you know, I try to talk about good things and bad things. This one, I really had a hard time finding anything good about it. I mean, oh, you know, no, no, I take that back. I take that back. I did find one good thing about it. What was that? There was there was a hospital scene, 
I think they use the intro to Queen's Reich's Operation Mindcrime for like the PA, the woman coming over the PA. Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, blah, blah, you know, I yeah. think they, I think they used Operation Mindcrime, the, uh, the intro to that and which is okay by me. Other than that though. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> well, and also, okay. So, so basically there are these guys with these, with these swimming caps on, but they have like, they have like rubber, uh, uh, like craters on the top. And basically what they're doing is they're, is they, for some reason they need to put fatty foods in their, in the, in the crater. So they'll go in and put like butter and, and they'll squish it into their, to their uh, heads. And they'll, they'll have long scenes where that's all they do. They grab, they grab like butter and sour cream and whatever else. And they just kind of rub it on their heads. And I mean, we get to see this for one scene lasts, you know, five minutes. It's like, wow. Okay. Well, and if this movie were a short, it it may have worked a little better, just because it wouldn't be so you know, just so <laughs> much of the same thing over and over. Well, it may have, we may have not had the time to have that fire burning in our bellies and that hatred swell. You know, exactly. That's right. That's I think I think that's what a short would have given it. There were scenes in this movie, dude, where I'm pretty sure the actors never even met each other. Like. <laughs> like it didn't even seem like they, you know, they'd have they'd have one person talking to the camera, and then supposedly they were talking to a person across from them, and then they would, right? <laughs> you know, that person and the lighting was different. There was weird tension. Like it didn't seem like right. people were in the same room. You know, it, I would I would be interested for somebody to who has seen something else from Rusty Nails, you know, to kind of comment or, or let's say somebody who's seen Acne and comment you know as how they feel it because there were a couple of people online that that uh, were saying that this was like one of the funniest movies they ever saw and oh, wow. i i really i have a hard time fathoming that um you know as i watched it i didn't i couldn't really find anything that that uh um that that made me think oh you know i see what they're trying to do there that's pretty cool you know it's so funny cuz i was trying to write things down for what i learned i didn't i didn't learn a thing in fact, I think I came out of it a little dumber. Oh, yeah. Is basically. <laughs> Did the styles of this make sense to you? Like, well, it seemed like the kids were modern and the adults were from the like forties or the fifties. Like, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's like that? some kind of a McCarthy era where you know where it's all, you know, they treat it well. You know, I I think it may have to do with uh, you know the the message that was coming across. You know, where you know back in the back in. Uh, you know, whenever the the McCarthy thing and with all the communists were coming back, and you know, I think it was trying to dress the 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 military folks like that because of what a corrupt type of situation they felt that was. You know, so it's because because I mean, we have the whole situation where somebody notices that there's you know some oil leaking into the the drinking supply, and somebody's trying to play it down, and they're you know in all these 1940s or 1950s, um, you know clothing and, and you know whatnot and, and you know they act they, they, their hairstyles things like that you know but i uh, that i mean I, I i that's basically all i could really see with that oh yeah uh, there were things that confused me in this movie and i'll tell you the main thing that confused me was how they could get away with using certain products but then they would have to parody other products oh right right like right, right. like they would use like they would use like um certain candy but then any Hershey candy was parodied, and the same with Mershey. other things. Yep. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know how they could get someone to sponsor them, like halfway, but not get the other people. It, it was weird. Well, I wonder if it was. Um, 
Well, the thing is, is I wonder why why they would choose to do half and half. I mean, I, I get it. We're, tr- we're we're making a we're we're trying to make a um, satire here. You know, we're I I, I don't know why if you're going to do that, why you don't go the whole way, why you don't just keep everything off, even if even if you could have gotten the you know the uh, the companies okay. I don't know why you wouldn't have kept going with it. I mean, I, I would have done all or nothing. You know, I oh. said, well, you know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it, it just no it just kind of seemed un, uneven. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what what else do you have about this movie? I'm I, that's I just, it, man. I mean, I I, I, say, I literally I I watched this whole movie, and I didn't I after about the first five minutes, I probably checked how much times left in the movie. 50 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I'm the same way, man. When is this thing going to be over? But uh, I did get a good who else said that. What was that? Sometimes I feel like we're married. That was actually Bill Clinton to Hillary right before they remembered that they were, in fact, married. <laughs> oh, man. it's awesome. <laughs> How about you? Um, uh, We couldn't get married even if we wanted to. That was Donnie Marie Osmond. <laughs> And I have one more. Hey, easy, easy. They're from here. Come on. Hey, she's. I'd, hey, I'd pee in we, her butt. I'd pee in Donnie's butt too. Oh wait, <laughs> I have one more. Uh, cut the shit. Okay. That was one fly to another at Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, good one. Cut the shit. That that is not only delicious, but it is another example of how highbrow we actually are here on the Cadaver Lab. Highbrow. Did you learn anything from this? No, I, I told you. I actually got dumber. <laughs> that's awesome i uh learned one thing and it wasn't really i didn't learn it i just you know it, it kind of kept me thinking it uh candy peddlers are always creepy and possibly child molesters <laughs> the best candy peddlers are child molesters <laughs> <laughs> oh hey let me go ahead and say that uh every movie tonight has no memories in them excellent so, i, I no, watched two of them with my kids uh, well, we're the law of averages. After Morgana Le Fay and Virgin Witch, we had we were kind of on mammary overload. <laughs> you know? So uh, cool. Did you cool. get a kick in the balls for this? I did get a kick in the balls. The sound guy for putting the most disgusting sound effects when these jackasses were spreading butter on their head craters. I did not like that. I found that uber irritating. And I think it may have just been because the movie sucked so bad that those sounds were making me want to kill someone. Oh, and that was bad. My kick in the balls is the the band at the very beginning of the movie who butchered my favorite Devo song. Oh, man. Mongoloid. How do you butcher a Devo song? Dude, Mongoloid is by far like my favorite Devo song. And if you're going to if you're going <laughs> to do gonna... a cover of it, please do not destroy it. Dude. I was being a douche because I don't know if I like Devo very much. Oh, I love Devo. I've only heard the Whippet song though. Oh shit, dude! You I'm, like... jo- I'm joking. Oh, it's like if you like like Oinga Boinga, man, Devo's awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm just teasing. You. <laughs> oh, I did get a six degrees. Thank goodness that uh, Lloyd Coffin let Rusty Nails in uh, Citizen Toxie because uh, he was in that movie with Corey Haim. Corey Haim was in that. Uh, I freaking hope so. Was oh no no, no I'm sorry. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman was in that? Oh, shit. One of those guys was. I'm acting like they actually have careers still. <laughs> one of them's well, one dead. Of, well, I was going to say, one of them has a career. In hell! <laughs> but uh, he, Corey, one of the Corys was in Lost Boys with Kiefer Sutherland, who was in Flatliners with Julia Roberts, who was in The Ant Bully with uh, Mr. Bruce Campbell. Wow. 
That's a animated movie, isn't it? It is indeed. Good job, man. That was pretty good. That's the only time I find Julia Roberts attractive is when I can't see her horse teeth. Yeah, if her and Sarah Jessica Parker had a kid, Ben, it would be full-on horse. <laughs> they did. It was Mr. Ed. Oh, yeah. Well, they do put peanut butter in both their, of their mouths to get them to talk. What What do you give this movie, man? Uh, I give it a don't bother. I mean, because let's put it this way. I mean, I don't. I, I I mean, I had a lot of angst for this movie, but I first of all, I don't feel like Rusty Nails needs to get beat, you know, because he's just kind of a little weak guy, and yeah. uh, he's he's just young in this, you know. And, and, you know, let's put it this way. Maybe, maybe this movie had a, a like a so bad it's good vibe. Maybe. No. Um. You know, maybe some people think it's fun. Um, or maybe, uh, uh, one thing that this movie has going for it is that you happen to be one of the actor's mothers. Um, but uh, other than that, it's shit. Yeah. I, this movie for me was the creme de la crap. Yeah. I give it a don't bother too. Oh, snap. No, that's cool, man. I'm just, I'm just glad that we got done talking with that one because, uh, let's just say the other two, I feel like made up for it. So. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I want to take a quick break and uh, be back talking about Maxwell Stein. Sweet. I am excited. We're back with Maxwell Stein from 2010. Synopsis. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Sorry, I feel like I feel like it needed one of those. Oh, it does, dude. Uh, synopsis for this: When a once famous director Maxwell Stein's luck turns for the worse, he must finish his masterpiece, The Tomb of Doom, at whatever cost. 
Haunted and driven by a ghostly presence trapped within an antique film camera, he fights to keep his sanity as all those around him fight to keep their lives. A vintage horror story filmed in classic black and white and set in the 1940s, Maxwell Stein will transport you to a bygone era, captivating your mind with thrilling effects and unforgettable characters. This wow, wow, in- wait, 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 wait. With, with, wow, that sounds like uh, Maxwell Stein himself made that synopsis. <laughs> well, I actually, that's the only one I could even find because <laughs> I did, I was lazy and I didn't feel like writing one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> but, um,. This movie was directed and written by Dale Jackson and Jeff Jones. And if you want to see an awesome interview with Dale Jackson, uh, go to uh, Cinema Corpse's website or YouTube. He has it's on there too, or actually, um, it's on FourthPlanetFilms.com too. And you can see that Chris. interview. Yeah, Chris. Chris talks to him. Yep, they put it on their site. Oh, cool. Um, this movie stars Jules Watsich as Maxwell Stein, Joseph Durbin, Karn Henderson, Chris McMinn, Eleonora Corneo. And Sean Jackson. I almost said Cornhole. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, did, did, uh, did Cornholio really star in this? I am Cornholio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was frighteningly good. <laughs> I, used <to> do, <laughs> I used to do that when I was in high school all the time. I mean, elementary school. I was going to say, what? Uh, but, oh, uh, dude, this, I, I'm going to tell you right now, man. This is the best horror film I've seen this year. Really? Of this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Nothing, like, in, you know, nothing in the theater has even been close to this movie. You know, let's see. I'm trying to remember what I've seen this year. Saw Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I just watched that again for the second time. Oh, it's just, it's just as bad. Oh, I, I don't even know if I could watch it again. It's it's bad. On a side note, <laughs> that came out on DVD today, and you know what I bought instead? Um, uh, Barbie's uh, Bakery set. No, that would have been good too. But I got the. Slumber Party Massacre Collection. Oh my gosh. It came out today, dude. It You're going to have to hook me up, dude, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, it has all three of the movies and a, a bunch of features. You're going to let me have to quote-unquote borrow that? Yes, I will Johnny, borrow that. Johnny, I have, I, have I have it on podcast, which will go, which is, once it gets on the internet, dude, it's there forever. I'll, I'll, you need to let me borrow that. Okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. No, no, d- don't kid with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you borrow it. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I have your word. Word. Um, <sighs> back to Maxwell Stein, man. This movie, It first of all, you know, it, it felt super sleek Hollywood, man. It felt like Ed Wood or something like that. I mean. It did. It did. It looked good. It was sharp. For a movie that was funded by nothing but the directors and the writers, I mean, that's it was so impressive. The acting, I thought, was amazing. I mean, for for being actors who no one's ever heard. I mean, I, I say no one's ever heard of. Um, I haven't. Their heard mamas of did. Who? Their mamas heard of them before. Oh yeah. I didn't actually see what the IMDb rating was for this. I should have looked. You know it what? Up. There's no IMDb rating. They, oh. It's too new. There's none. There's well, not enough votes. Well, I mean, in this movie, you can only get it on the website fourthplanetfilms.com, which and I, it's only ten bucks. Yeah, ten dollars. I urge everybody to do it, man. Go now because. First of all, this isn't what you're getting in the theater. This isn't a remake. This isn't a rehashed idea. I mean, you've seen things like this before, but you know how I would describe this? How's that? Is is uh, okay? Yeah, okay. Before I say that, I want to say one thing. I have one criticism of this movie, um, but but and it kind of goes along with kind of what what I'm about to say. But it, it, it's kind of a small thing. This movie to me seemed like 
an episode, a really good episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh, dude, absolutely, like, man. You know, and and you know, I mean, even I even thought to myself, ah, there's a, there's you know, maybe a Friday the Thirteenth the series because they go to this antique shop and pick up this uh, haunted camera. Oh wait, is that a spoiler? Anyway, um, well, you know, you know that pretty pretty soon off. But uh, my only criticism of this film is the fact that I felt like it was a little bit drawn out. Like maybe if it were only an hour long, which, you know, maybe it would have to be, you know, maybe over an hour. But if it were shorter, then this would have been the best, you know, one of the best Twilight Zone episodes ever made. Oh, yeah. I mean, like literally. The, the, but, the, I don't know. There what so what do you things. think to my criticism, though? No, no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it really had that feel to it. it did you? It, did you? No, I'm talking about the for the length. Uh, no, well, no, I thought I thought the length was perfect on this movie. Okay. Um, okay. The thing I liked about this too was, um, you know, it started off. Oh, the soundtrack, by the way, is awesome for this movie. But it started off kind of quirky and uh, you know, kind of fun. And you kind of wonder how it is a horror movie, but it soon does develop into it. It has a strong right. hor- horror premise, uh-huh. and the conclusion in this movie—I'm not giving anything away—but it is awesome. Like I was wondering, I'm like, how's this going to end? And I love—I love the way this ended. Oh, it was, it was really good, and it was actually creepy. In fact, I got in trouble because I watched it because we first were going to kind of talk about this a couple of weeks ago. I watched it back then. I remember thinking, no, it's not that bad. So when I rewatched it last night, I let my kids watch it with me. Yeah, they were all up. That <laughs> sucks. Awesome. I got in trouble. Oh, wow. But, um, okay, so so what was that? What was the uh, what was the guy who played Maxwell Stein? What was his name? Um, oh, I just lost it. In real life? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me try and find that real fast. All right, you know what? We got all day. You know, we're all just sitting here waiting for you to get your act together. So, anyways, let me let me let me say what I was going to say to moving up to this. Basically, what the movie is about is is we talked about they 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 go they they're making a movie about you know the mummy. It's called Tomb of Doom or so, or something like that, if I remember correctly. Anyhow, basically, this guy is, is a really famous Hollywood director. However, he hasn't made a he hasn't made a great Hollywood movie in years and years and years. And this, I mean, he's a really old guy. In fact, I can't remember where I heard it, but for some reason, and I'll edit this out if if it's not true. Um, but I heard that the guy who played Maxwell Stein didn't even start acting until he was sixty, and I think at this point he was close to ninety. Um, but so he's playing this director, and uh, he, he there, something happens at the beginning. The the guy who played the mummy, they he felt like he got insulted, and uh, basically uh, he busted their camera. So he need Maxwell needs to go out and find a new camera with his uh, uh, kind of his uh, number one guy uh, Bixby. Anyways, they go to this old antiques shop, and they pick up this really old looking camera. They just, you know, and, and, you know, it's got its charm and whatever. And there's something a little creepy about the antique shop and whatever. But they bring it back and they find out that there is a restless spirit who is trapped in there. And as you're recording, um, she shows up. Nobody can see her except for the person who's looking through the camera. And actually, she actually shows up on the film that, um, you know, that comes from it. But anyway, there's one part where the guy who played Maxwell Stein, whose name is Jules Wasich. Oh, that, that was good timing. Uh, ba- basically, he sees he sees the woman, and they make her look pretty beastly. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, pretty good. And, you know, and she has like kind of the ghostly the way she, you know, the airy way she moves, and she kind of floats around. But anyways, he sees her through the camera, and his facial reactions when he sees her gets all scared are freaking priceless. 
They are so funny because he just gets so scared and, uh, you know, and nobody, every, obviously everybody thinks he's crazy. But I think this guy um, who, and, and, uh, and I don't think we should give away anything else, you know, as part of this movie. But I think this guy did a great job um, portraying this guy who's trying to make a comeback in Hollywood. Oh, dude, he, act, he acted his ass off, man. I mean, it was believable. Absolutely. This movie, uh, you know what? When Shelly and I watched this movie, I really got so lost in it that I kept forgetting that it was made this year. Like it Just seemed... so you know, I'm going to play Lost in Your Eyes because you said that. Because <laughs> I'm lost in your eyes. Okay, sorry. I'm not sure I know that song. Wuss. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this movie, it was so well made that it actually seemed as though it was old. Like yeah. it, it oh, reminded absolutely. me of you know it reminded me of something that you would have seen a long time ago like I mean I was so impressed with this movie it's it's just nuts You know the thing is too is I think if the um the, there were a couple of things that that every once in a while would remind me that it's not an actual old movie and is that you know in the beginning or something they tried to put that grainy film stock that you can you know it's not the actual grainy film stock it's you know somebody trying to put the grainy film stock on it you know, which which listen, I think it adds to its charm. You know, um, but but it was and then it, and it was just so clean. You know, it was black and white, but it was it was it was a pretty clean movie, uh, as far as uh, you know the, the the quality of the film and whatnot. But uh, honestly, I I mean I I think that it still succeeds um, by its presentation, by the way the actors are acting. I think it still succeeds in um, mimicking you know, the old style of cinema, you know, that would, that was going on. And I can't remember exactly what year this this was supposed to take place in. However, I just, I think it did a great job. They kept bringing up Karloff, you know, in the, in the mummy and whatnot. So I assume it was around that time. Oh yeah. It was, um, yeah, it was great. I can't say that enough, man. Oh, you got a real boner for this movie. Oh, I did, man. Um, <laughs> that's probably all we should talk about. I mean, do you have anything else on this movie to, um, no, in, 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 Okay, so I did. I mean, I did criticize the movie a bit, um, but listen. I mean, I don't. I don't mean to say that it was that that really took me out of it. I did. You know, I did watch it two times in in a you know in a somewhat short amount of, a period of time. So, and I only felt it the second time. Uh, however, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's just me. But the movie was. But the movie is really good. The, you know, in fact, uh, the thing that I learned was that people actually can have like a unique idea and make a decent movie in this day and age. You know, this I mean, this is one of those movies that kind of put your faith back into you know, the horror genre, you know, on the whole. Dude, I learned that, too, man. Like, that's, that's so funny because I this one of my it says there's so much potential for good films out there. Like this movie proves that we don't have to remake every freaking movie in 3d like <laughs> dude that's what i learned too you know just kidding <laughs> oh i was like what <laughs> did you learn anything else uh wasn't that enough oh i learned uh that ghosts are always getting people from behind <laughs> yikes uh, any who else said that uh i did uh would would karloff do this that was actually Bruce Campbell to Sam Raimi when Sam told Bruce that in order to be in his new horror movie entitled The Evil Dead, that Bruce had to blow him. <laughs> oh, poor Bruce. <laughs> poor Brucey. Um, I got a few of them. Excuse okay. me, do you know how long it'll be? That was Johnny T before his <laughs> penile implant. 
Uh, I want to get uh, I want to get Abraham involved there. <laughs> excellent. Um, I may be getting old, but I'm not finished. That was Demi Moore. That was her uh, wedding vows to Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> I'm not. F- oh, by the way, I hate Ashton Kutcher. I'm oh, just glad I could say that. Me too. Like anyway, for no reason. Like I just don't like him. Um, no, I there's I have plenty of reasons. First of all, he's he's uh really annoying. But why are we talking about him in this great movie? Let's not tarnish this movie. I don't know. Um, did you get a kick at the balls for this one? Um, let's see. I'm searching kicking. I did not get a kick in the balls. Mine is to Parker Peterson, the guy who, when he finds out kind of what's going on with Maxwell Stein, he mm-hmm. basically tells him he wants everything, every credit in the movie to go to him. That's I'm like that gonna work. I'm like he was oh just the whole movie he was an asshole though. Well yeah he meant he was meant to be an asshole which was okay that's cool man. Oh, yeah, and I got a six degrees too. <laughs> Let's hear it. This was hard to get man. Uh, Car- oh uh, yeah I'll bet. Uh, Karn Henderson she was in Lives and Deaths of Poets with Bruce Allen Dawson who is in head Whoa. of <laughs> Bruce Allen Dawson <laughs> he was in head of state with Keith David who was in. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop that. <laughs> Who's in the Quick and the Dead with Bruce Campbell? Who? Sorry, okay. <laughs> All right, you did a good job. Sorry, I promised to stop it and I didn't stop it. Uh, what would you give this movie? Um, I'm gonna give this a buy. Um, here, here's the reason why I don't. It doesn't get a bone saw. There's, like I said, there. This movie was. Oh man, it's it's very. I'll be honest with you guys. It's very close to being a bone saw, but I just the length on it, just a little bit. It's still an awesome movie. Go buy it. It's only ten freaking bucks. Oh yeah, uh, good I, good movie. Plus, plus the guy seems really cool in the interview that he did with Chris. He seems like a really awesome dude. Oh yeah, and they're really talented, man. Absolutely. I give this a bone yeah. saw. Whoa! Straight up. Straight up, your butt bone saw. Um, you, everybody needs to go over there and buy this movie. First of all, to support you know indie horror films, but you know to see a movie that's not the same old crap retread. You know, over and over. You know, speaking about this, Acne has a uniqueish story. It's indie. Why how, do we want what, people to go by that? How is the story unique in Acne? Because they had swimming caps on, you ass. <laughs> All right, sorry. It was unique because they had a guy with a girl's name, Zoe. <laughs> I've never met a guy named Zoe. Um, no. You go to the you go to the wrong uh, corners with the wrong whorehouses. <laughs> I go I go to the you know the Asian type lady boys. Lot is always there. Man, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's all I got for this one. Um, Sweet, awesome. But everybody awesome should movie. Everybody should go to fourthplanetfilms.com. dot com. I mean, it's it's such a good use of ten bucks. Uh, <laughs> unless you can get a hand job from that lady boy Zoe. A yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, let's take a quick break. All right. Join the club. Y'all 
Okay, call the Call of the Cthulhu came out in 2005 on a budget of 50k. It was uh, directed by a guy named Andrew Lehman, who was actually a graphic designer on uh, Scream Three and Galaxy Quest. Um, so he had, he has some uh, some uh, big big budget movies under his belt. Um, it was written by uh, actually by none other than H.P. Lovecraft. Um, obviously, Cthulhu—the whole Cthulhu mythos—was uh, uh, you know all came from uh, Mr. Lovecraft. Uh, the screenplay was written by a guy named Sean Branny. Um, and the production company in this was actually H.P. Lovecraft Historical Society, which is really cool. You, um, they have a cool website where you go there. I mean, you you can tell it's just a bunch of um, you know kind of independent guys who you know really love Lovecraft. Wow, was that? I say love a lot. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, but no, and also Google them. I don't have their site handy right now, but uh, the the HP Lovecraft Historical Society, check it out. Uh, the IMDb on this movie was a seven point five. Uh, it starred Ramon Allen Jr. as Lewis, uh, Leslie Baldwin as Greta Johansson, uh, Daryl Ball as Officer Cassie. You know, there were a ton of people in this movie. Uh, the reason being is even though there is only a forty-seven minute running time. Um, there were, it, it's not necessarily, uh, a, a, an anthology type of a movie. However, the, it has three main parts to it and there, and there are kind of three full stories to it. Um, before I go t- uh, and talk about the, the, the plot synopsis, uh, I want to mention that this obviously was uh, black and white. They filmed it in something called mythoscope, which is kind of a blend of, uh, you know, mo- modern filming techniques and vintage uh, techniques basically trying to make it look like it was made in the 1920s and uh in fact this they also this was kind of a, a faux silent film well i mean it was a silent film not a faux silent film but you know they had the whole the 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 boards and everything like that with uh, i mean nobody spoke in this movie it was all boards you had to read it um however for those of you who just said oh we have to read crap you know whatever do not fear because this movie was number one it was it was pretty to look at uh number two it was it's really engaging despite the fact that um you know that you have to read these words and i don't know do do uh, do do people have a hard time watching nosferatu and stuff like that and have to read it oh i think i assume i assume some people do well like i said this is filmed the same way and uh i mean this this kind of had the same deal as uh is uh uh, Maxwell Stein where yeah it was black and white and yeah they they kind of had the film where they tried to make it look vintage however you could tell that you know it was kind of uh, um, it wasn't true truly from the 1920s it wasn't nearly as grainy as Nosferatu or anything like that however that I don't think again I don't think that takes anything away from it I you know I I don't know about you but I appreciate their their efforts to you know, to, to, to try to recreate some of that stuff while at the same time realizing that, that people aren't going to really stand for, you know, watching a movie with the quality that Nosferatu has. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, because absolutely. It, it's, you know, watch Nosferatu now. I mean, even in its, in, in like the, you know, when they go through and they, and they make the film better later, you know, it's still pretty rough. Oh yeah, you know, especially the silent films, man, because that was like when film was getting, you know, off, you know, on its feet. Right. I just did a well, not just, but I just did a silent, uh, well, a German expressionism episode with uh, Stephen over at JFMP, and we watched uh, 
Uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember exactly. The Golem we watched. Uh, oh my gosh, how come I can't remember this? What's that movie with the somnambulist? Uh, Doctor, the Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. Holy crap! That's a good one. Wow. Yeah, that, that's really good. You know, I mean, in, I mean, you go pick up the, you know, even a remastered copy of those, and it's still pretty rough. And, you know, I mean, they're still watchable and stuff like that. But I, you know, it's just I don't know if I, I don't know if somebody would be kind of be willing to watch a new movie. I bet you a lot of people aren't even willing to watch those. I think it's just people who are really into movies. You know, I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Prove me wrong. No, I think it's you're just, right, dude. Anyway, well, of course I'm right. I know I people that won't right. even watch black and white movies, let alone silent movies. Who won't watch black and white movies? I know, a ton I want, of people. I want names, and I want addresses, and I'm going to photocopy my middle finger. <laughs> and you know you know when you put it on there, and you have the copy machine, and that, that little light thing goes up and down? I'm going to pull my finger down so my middle finger looks like it's like three feet long, okay? And I'm going to send it to them. Nice. Nothing? Okay. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Anyway, no, but you know, so this is a lot cleaner. It and I, I do like the the fact that they were trying to make this look vintage, and you know, it does have a lot of the charm that those old movies had. Um, anyway, so basically, the story is presented, um, kind of as a manuscript, I guess. Uh, found, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he found the papers of uh, his, I think, his uncle, the late Wayland Thurston. Uh, basically what happens is Thurston recounts a discovery of, oh no, no, I'm sorry. Thurston is the guy. Thurston is the guy who finds, uh, notes left behind by his granduncle, George Gamel Angel. Uh, basically he was, uh, you know, some kind of a professor. I think he was at like, uh, oh, what's that university? Ivy League. I think it was Brown University. Um, anyway, he, uh, Oh my gosh, it I, I just looked at my notes and it says who died suddenly in the winter of nineteen twenty six to twenty seven after being jostled by a nautical looking negro. What? That's that's what the notes say. I copied and pasted from the wiki. Wow. Yeah. Well there um, there goes our black listener. <laughs> He's done. He's a midget too. So we just struck out <laughs> twice on this episode. Oh, anyway, okay, so basically what happens is it tells the story of this guy, uh, Thurston, and he finds these notes, and he's reading the notes of, of you know, his his great-uncle, and basically he's, his, his uncle has been kind of trying to solve the mystery of, uh, I guess, of who Cthulhu is, or, you know, what what's up with that guy. Um, the first one is, uh, the, the, the story is called The Horror in Clay. Um, basically there's a guy who has been seeing things in his dreams and he actually made, I can't remember what the word was, a bass relief sculpture where he depicts, you know, uh, something that, uh, his, this grand uncle's never seen before. It was kind of a, a picture of an octopus, a dragon looking thing. Uh, basically this guy was slowly going mad because of his, his dreams and of, uh, of this, uh, you know, of the, of the things that he kept dreaming about and, and, uh, the guy ends up going to the hospital, blah, blah, blah. Um, his, you know, in, through that story, his uncle comes a little bit closer to figuring out what's going on with, uh, you know, solving the mystery of Cthulhu. Anyhow, in, in I'm leaving a shitload out, you guys, um, and that was that was probably a highly inaccurate, really high level 
summary of the first part. The second part is is it's, it talks about a guy named Inspector Legrasse who actually um, let's see the was a what was it a policeman in in like the deep south and he ran into a cthulhu cult and these these this cult were you know he thought they were worshiping the devil and saying things like uh cthulhu fatagan and blah 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 you know you know basically that type of thing and uh, they found a sculpture of cthulhu you know, anyway, like I said, I don't want to give anything else away. It's 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 really awesome. Uh, the set in this one is is really cool. You know, I mean, it, it's all takes place in the you know in this bayou out in the middle of the of nowhere, and it shows the the police kind of uh, uh, trying to take out all these people that are in there in this cult. Um, and just to just to quickly go over the last one, basically the madness from the sea. Uh, the third part of the of the movie basically shows uh, or, or tells a story of a group of people who actually came up to uh, got found Riley is that how you say it Riley uh, which is actually a cyclopean city um, which is how you know H P Lovecraft described uh, the place where Cthulhu actually lives, and he waits dreaming, and he's going to either kill you or make you go insane. But anyway, so this was also a really cool setting because um, obviously it took place in the middle of the ocean. What they decided to do is instead of actually filming the ocean, they kind of made it look like how someone in a kind of a stage play would, you know, portray an ocean. You see. What what did you think about that whole thing? Oh, dude, I loved it in the sky. It looked so cool. Oh, it was awesome. And even the city when they when they got on the city and they were starting to explore it, and it was it was freaking cool. You know, it just just the whole setup. It was totally different. It had an aura about it, unlike any other movie I've seen. And you know, and I don't say that just because. You know, I mean, I it, it, this is this movie is really. I mean, whether it's good or bad, it's not like any other movie I've seen. Uh, just because their art direction. There, you know, the, the way they tell the story and, you know, things like that. Um, I happen to really love this movie. Yeah, it was um, good. And, you know, and, and, you know, the the one, the last thing before I, you know, while I'm on the di- this diary of the mouth thing that I've got going on right now, <laughs> the last thing I wanted to mention is the fact that they actually show Cthulhu. Oh, and it's I'm not cool. Gonna, I'm not going to describe how they did it to you. However, um, they did it in such a way that I feel like it stayed true to um, – to I don't know it was like the only way you could have portrayed a uh, a beast a, a an elder god that the sight of him would make you go insane you know I mean it's you know I let's put it this way if like a big studio if Michael Bay was to make this movie right now obviously you'd see like the guy from Cloverfield and you know just something that we've come to expect which you know is that is that necessarily bad no you know however there there has there there's something to be said for not seeing everything now i say that and and i also said they showed cthulhu himself what they did is they showed him in such a way that it still leaves a lot to the imagination does that make sense cuz you see him all you see him all but you see everything about him however um as you're looking at him you kind of think oh you know that was this was like the, their limited budgets way of showing him it's awesome but if you if you're into the movie if you're if you're allowing yourself to be taken away by this movie it it's still you know, I think your imagination kind of can still add a lot to it am i being totally dumb no i think that makes sense i mean 
it, when they do show him, it's not like they keep focused on him or anything. I mean, there's a lot going on. Well, you know, and it's it's just the way they did it is like it almost reminded me of uh, even though I hate this song, the video of Tonight Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. You know, mm-hmm. did, did you kind of get that vibe? Oh yeah, but especially they, with the they, like the ocean and the clouds and stuff. Absolutely, you know, they did they just did it in such a way that I don't think that they. I don't know. I'm just really happy with the way they did it. They didn't show too much, and it wasn't lackluster. You know, it was kind of stop-motion animation and stuff like that. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's there. You see it. But, I don't know, you still can add. Your mind can still fill in gaps, even though you've seen it. You know, I I don't know. It's hard to explain. Go see it. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I really Um, liked it, man. I did have a problem with it, though, is in seeing Cthulhu, is I actually didn't even go insane. (laughs) <laughs> or or more insane. I I assumed that I would. Uh, I assumed I would have gone insane. But anyway, anyway, I've been talking a lot. What do you have to say? Uh, not much, man. I mean, I think um, for a movie that was what only forty something minutes long, forty seven minutes. Yep, dude, the story was pretty deep and you know pretty focused. Well, I mean, obviously, it was written by a master, H.P. Lovecraft, originally. I had an ex girlfriend <laughs> whose uh, uh, first name was H.P. It was her- really herpy prone, yeah. I was going to say hot pussy. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that makes you herpy prone. Oh, yikes. <laughs> no. But no, yeah, you know, dude. It was, I, I, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a whole lot about Lovecraft, but I, you know, I've seen things like Reanimator and this. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and I, I really like, you know, how out there his stuff is. You know, and I've, I've, all, I've read uh, very few of his, of his works. And to me, I don't know why. But he writes in such a way that it takes me a little longer to read. Does that make me retarded? I don't care if it makes me retarded. It's Dude, you guys. on the forums but, they were talking about that, about how it's Oh, they were? Hard. Yeah, some people were talking about how it's hard to read his stuff. Um, well, I read at the Mountains of Madness. And it, it was the way he writes, and I mean, it, it's kind of slow going. However, he has a way of of making you, for some reason, of making you add more with your imagination than what he writes. He, I don't know how he does it, but he kind of prompts you to to fill in the blanks in probably a better way than he could do it. I really felt like that as I was reading this book. And I, and I this watching this movie really makes me want to read, I, and I think this was just a short story, actually, from him. I could be wrong. Uh, it was a pretty close adaptation. There were some differences. However, um, you know, it, it it left it so... That I that I could see kind of how H.P. Lovecraft would have described it, and so it makes me want to read it because I think that he has a way of of um, kind of scaring, making your, you scare yourself, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, that's the same way a penthouse forums written. <laughs> wow, I had a penis. His was longer, but mine was thicker. <laughs> no, oh wait, that's uh, wait. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Speaking of giant Cthulhu monsters. Oh, <laughs> tentacles. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny because I was, I was doing a little bit of research on this, and they chose to do it in black and white, you know, for the effect. But, uh, I mean, there's some advantages that come with black and white. Uh, you know, uh, the filmmaker doesn't need to pay attention to exactly the material and the, you know, and the decoration of sets, and, you know, because the colors don't really... It doesn't really matter exactly how you do it with the colors. Um, I didn't see... I mean, I, the the only shortcomings i saw of this film was the fact that uh some of the it looked sometimes it looked artificial though they were trying to make it look older however like i said it didn't take me out of it or anything like that um 
But all in all, I think this was an inventive way to tell a story that has this like enormous scope. You know, like like a lot of Lovecraft stories do. You know, this scope that that is bigger than our human brains are supposed to be able to even take in. Um, you know, but uh, I don't know. I think I think these guys did a great job of uh, telling that story and and doing it in such a way that it was loyal and and it really had the the H.P. Lovecraft vibe. Yeah. Oh man. I the only thing I didn't like about this movie, which and it's not even a big deal, is when the you know the cops come up on the people doing like the the <laughs> tribal dance and stuff because it looked really the it looked really weird how they did that. I don't know if people were in front of green screens or what, but it was right. It looked weird, but that was the only complaint I had with this movie. Every once in a while, you'd see some like crazy guy making a silly face and jumping <laughs> around, and yeah, <sighs> yeah. No, I hear that. Uh, so, did you learn anything? Um, I learned one thing that doe blades double as eye extractors. Ouch! Yeah, did you see that at the end? Like when the it was, it looked just like a doe blade. Oh, absolutely! It's awesome. Disgusting. What about you? Um, ultimate technology and jump scares does not a scary movie make. I mean, you know this this was all about the story. You know, and uh, I think that the story, like I said, you have to allow yourself to kind of get taken away in it. But, uh, you know, if you if you're willing to do that, I think that this is a, an, a ultimately enjoyable. Yeah. And that's I, it. I, well, and I think that's why um, a lot of horror movies aren't successful, like a lot of the remakes and things like that, is because like like, for instance, Nightmare on Elm Street, it, it the jump scares were in such overdrive, man, they just. It killed it. I mean, oh, yeah. nothing was really scary. It just was like, you know, uh, you know, sound cue and something quick, real, you know, real fast, sped up film. Right. And mm-hmm. that, to me, that's not scary. You know, if you can do a decent story, you don't need that. I totally agree with you, man. You, I mean, it's just, it's cheap. It's a cheap scare. Well. Especially if you're in the that theater. Was, that was a cheap remake. Oh. I mean, that's, a, that's just a cheap technique, but what are you going to do? I mean, every once in a while it works out, but. You know, if you're going to continually continue to do them over and over in the same movie, you can just lick my balls. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it was bad. Um, did you get any who else said that? Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't even have that down on my notes. What do you got? Um, you'll burn it? All of it? Mike, that was you when uh, you found out about Steven's midget porn collection. <laughs> uh, let's see. I would never want him to burn that, by the way. <laughs> well, let's just be real. Well, I don't mean like... Fire burn. I mean, like, burn it for you. Oh, burn it on a CD. Yeah. Which, by the way, that uh, you're still going to let me borrow all that shit you got, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have your word. Uh, I have one more. And the okay. T- and the terrible cries, part man, part beast, howling and agonized lust. That's uh, what people heard when Lindsay Lohan failed her drug test again. Oh! <laughs> Too soon, man. Too soon. Uh, I did not get a kick in the balls for this. It was I got a kick in the balls. Did you? I did. It was the main guy for thinking that he could he could go through this and not go crazy. Well, Asshole. yeah, he didn't <laughs> seem to have enough not enough faith in the idea at all. Anyway, yeah, you know, which um, I mean, he seemed like kind of skeptical, but kind of you know, you know, you know, right. it, you know. I don't know. That could try to the word, you know. Enter you know. something in it, you know, you know, um, you know. I don't know, dude. I really don't. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. Listen, <laughs> um, we talked about this movie, The Thirty Days of Douchebaggery, last year. 
you know, and that was the last time I saw it before this. And so when we thought we would do it again, I was looking forward to it, but I just forgot how, what a good job they did with this. And I'm, you know, again, I mean, this is the same thing as Maxwell Stein, where it's like, you know, even though this was only 47 minutes long, um, you know, so I guess you could consider it a short, you know, it was just a, it was a great time. It, you know, it, it was, a, it was a good movie. I, um, yeah, I, I completely recommend this one. Um, this one, I would actually give this one a bone saw. I give this one a buy, but, um, the thing with what you were saying about the, the length of this movie, a lot of, a lot of short films, I'm sorry, a lot of silent films were actually shorter than an hour long. So it, it's not for the kind of movie it is. It's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider it a short. Maybe. I okay. think, well, I see, I see your point for the category it's in. I mean, cause I have tons of silent films and a lot of them are, you know, 45 to 60 minutes long. And I wonder if it gets it gets a little trying to read for an hour and a half or, or deal with that. For, no, that's not true because the Gollum was that long, and I enjoyed the Gollum. Anyway, what do I know? <laughs> um, oh, oh, and I have a contest for this one. You'll notice that I suspiciously left out a six degrees. Oh. Um, now, I didn't do that because it was hard. Okay. I didn't do that because it's impossible. I did that because I wanted to create a brand new... Awesome contest for for our listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It was it was really hard. Listen, first person to give me a six degrees on this, I will send out four DVDs. Holy crap! Four. That's a, that's a good deal, dude. I'm over. I'm looking at the prize closet. When I say prize closet, I mean shelf. It's <laughs> over there. Um, and I got a shitload of stuff still to give away. So there you go. Four DVDs, and I'm still gonna send out all the other things that I owe people. Um, and I know it's Wolfman, and if there's anybody else, please recontact me. Four DVDs. Uh, three of them are acne. I was going to say, uh, it's acne, 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 and uh, Big Mama's House. <laughs> the sequel, <laughs> not the first one. You'll be lost right, right. unless you see the first one. <laughs> That's a, ooh, I'm going ha- to have to, yeah, you'll have to go buy the first one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But no, man, these were some good flicks, except for Acne. Yeah. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the last two we talked about. I mean, it's. Uh, um, I don't know. It was kind of a departure a little bit for us, you know. Talking about. I mean, we've talked about independent things. I mean, and the, and the witch movies that we talked about weren't, you know, weren't really that well known. But I mean, Maxwell and this movie, just, they just kind of had an aura about them that, that I don't know. I don't want to sound too weird or anything, but it just was kind of pure. And it was, you know, and it seemed it seemed to really be a genuine movie out there to, you know, because they love to do it, you know. And I don't know, maybe I am just enamored, too enamored with these two flicks to, uh, you know, to think clearly. Plus, I haven't jerked it in a few hours, so my head's all <laughs> foggy anyway. So, but no, I, I mean that's truly how I feel about these two, dude. I, I'd like to hear some of our listeners uh, what they think of these. Um, I know a couple of our listeners, like uh, All Hollow Steve and uh, someone else. Oh yeah. Oh wait, wait, wait. You only mentioned him because he said uh, to on Twitter, he said, "Oh my gosh, mention your awesome listener, All Hollow Steve." Did he? Steve, you're awesome. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, don't pretend you don't know. No, I didn't see that. But no, uh, oh, okay. he actually bought. Maxwell Stein. So, uh, oh, he did good. Yeah, if anybody awesome. sees that or Call of Cthulhu or Acne, uh, <laughs> let us know what you think. I, I'm really interested because I thought these movies were definitely worth talking about. And I'd like if you're to hear... Rusty Nails' mom, though, don't call in. Or if you're Rusty Nails, get a new name. <laughs> you, you guys, that movie kicks so much ass. Love Rusty Nails. Shut up. He's gonna call in, and sound just like the dude in Joyride. Like, I did not agree with that at all. 
That movie was amazing. You guys, I want to suck on your candy cane. <laughs> that was the best. That's the best I could do. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that was awesome. Anyways, uh, remember for we we have the call out. We have the call out for next for next episode. Let me remind you what that is. Films that you expect to become classics that may not already be. Number two, films that you love and think is a classic, but maybe doesn't get the love that you feel it deserves. Or three, films that you know are not classics, nor will they ever be, but you can't help but love. Remember to call those in to 206-339-2730 or email them to Mike at Cadaver Lab and Johnny at Cadaver Lab uh, or, you know, but yeah, whatever. But we're gonna we're gonna share them anyway, so might as well just email them to both of us, okay? Yep. There, there's a little thing called carbon copy, okay? Use it. It's called technology, people. <laughs> go ahead and use it. All right. Anyway, uh, hey, you got anything else? Uh, a few things. Uh, before we go, uh, check Kruger Nation. Uh, YouTube.com/slash/user/slash/Kruger Nation. Uh, YouTube.com user slash so wait, are we gonna see Nip or what? Uh, it's very possible. Very soon. I, I'm actually. You know, you keep you keep stringing this along, man. Hey, you know what? It, it keeps people watching. I think. You know what? I'll tell you what. Everybody, if we don't see his nip in the next one, let's boycott Kruger Nation. <laughs> you just wanted to say boycott. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> um, it has the word boy in it? Yeah. Oh, you said cot, not cock. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sick. No. Um, and go to uh, vimeo.com slash cinema sinistre. Um, that's what's up. Podcast. Their website, which is you can go to cinemacorpse.com, go to tracesofdarkness.com. Was a, a was it dollarmoviedrivein.com? Dollarmoviedrivein.com. Aaron is the man. Yeah, there. I mean, there's so many. And, awesome and we're websites. working hard on it. We're working hard on this thing too. So it's it's only going to get better from here. And and he and I, mostly him. I'll be honest with you. I'm going to throw my name in there just because uh, I'm an egomaniac and a dildo. Okay. <laughs> Uh, there's so many awesome. I mean, go to YouTube and look up a uh, Rainbow Real Cinema. That dude is awesome. Um, I will never again call him. You mean that Brit? Uh, <laughs> or, or I mean that uh, Kiwi? No. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna die. Um, there are so many awesome people that you know do stuff for the show, and you know you, you should definitely go take a look at what they're doing. And do do stuff on their own. They don't have to do stuff for the show to be awesome. No, but what it I mean helps. is, I mean, there's they're friends of the show. You know, they're absolutely. These people are all so. Um, I mean, check them out. You got nothing better to do. Yeah. Well. That's right. Get, get your hand off your cocks and go there. Okay? <laughs> All right. You're boycott. <laughs> You're a sick. All right. So for the McCadaver Lab, we will see ya. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs>